are creating fairies. Uh, when I was at boarding school, uh, and and I was asked to write an imaginative piece, uh, very rarely did I come up with a title like Creating Fairies. But I'm older now, and more relaxed in my own skin, and I'm at much less risk of being flushed. But, um, look, what I've actually been thinking about is that I've been a little unkind on public discourse lately, social media and all that sort of stuff. You know, people put things online, and this includes me, for all sorts of reasons. Now, I don't put anything online in the social media uh, sphere, uh, but I do use this thing, uh, YouTube, put clips up on that you know and people put things up on social media and so on YouTube whatever um, for all sorts of reasons and it's a little unkind of someone like me uh, to be always focusing on those people who are trying to you know shove their ideas into other people's heads telling other people what to think and what to feel and you know using social media to get outraged and all those sorts of things. Now, I mean, every you know, all the people on the left and the right, people who are using public discourse and all that sort of stuff um, for political reasons. Excuse the helicopter. I live right near an airport. We'll wait. Um, you know, people, for example, use it for social reasons. Oh, when I said political reasons, I mean, you know, uh, national political sort of debate. You know, stuff about what the government's doing, you know. Um, but also the politics, you know, local politics, but also the politics between people. Um, you know, mothers trying to make other mothers look bad you know by putting fake uh, posts up that suggest that they're mother of the year all of them each of them you know and all that sort of stuff, all that politics there's a lot of politics that goes on within communities too you know between people so obviously a lot of people on social media use um, social media for that but people are using it for other things too and this is where I'm a little bit unfair when I say yeah social media is a dog and it's ruined us all you know it hasn't although um, yeah it has <laughs> it hasn't it has it hasn't it has I really don't care um, I, I was listening to a Paul Keating the Paul Keating's acceptance speech yeah this, well, this has been the sweetest victory of all, you know, 1993. And I was thinking, wow. You know, and um, this was before social media, and he, and he wrote, and sorry, he, he said, I, I've actually, I know who his speechwriter is. I've got a couple of his books. Uh, but anyway, Don Watson. You know. um, anyway, uh, and he was saying, never again. 
You know, this is in 1993. He didn't know social media was coming. Never again will anyone dare try to divide Australians again, you know, because he was accusing John Hewson of having done that. Look, he was politicking himself. That's not the point. Another helicopter. Anyway, um, so we'll, we will plough on. And he said, never again, you know, because Australians are decent people and they stick together. Obviously, we have our differences and all that sort of stuff. But by and large, we're all, you know, we're all on the same, we're all on the same team. He sounded like a bit of a Jacinda Ardern, you know. But it was a wonderful speech. It was a speech that couldn't be made today in the social media era, I feel. Listen to it, by all means, if you feel like it. It's a speech that couldn't be made in the modern era. Um, there was hope in it and there, there was, um, you know, we may have been misguided, you know, we may have been naive, but there was a real sense that we're all, by and large, ticking together and, you know, we're all on the same team and all that sort of stuff. It may not have been true, but the point is we thought it was true and that's important. You know, when social media came along, it, we... we um, our naivety, you know, we lost it. And, and we found out that people hate each other's guts and they're willing to say it in the public discourse. And not only that, um, I don't want to talk about this, by the way. I want to talk about creating fairies by the end of this episode, but we'll get there. Um, but what happens, I think, is, oh, look, we've always, you know, we had our Lindy Chamberlain moment and all that sort of stuff. You know, that felt very, you know, we've had our times. Before social media, we had these huge, you know, divisive moments in our history and all that sort of stuff but I'm not sure that we saw so much hatred um, uh, between Australians so much you know and if there was look what happens now is um, because everybody gets to get on to the public domain um, and you know a lot of those people start arguing with each other um, because they're able to express their hatred, that breeds the hatred. Um, it makes the hatred stronger, I think. You know, so I think social media creates hatred. Um, but I don't want to talk about that. You know, that's only one small portion of public discourse. Uh, and I want to get away from that because that's the habit I've gotten myself into, talking about that all the time. Now, what I want to talk about today is people get onto social media for other reasons. We had snow in Sunbury yesterday and images were filtering through to me because my wife sends them to me. She sees them on social media and then texts me those. And it was lovely, lovely, you know. All my family members, you know, my brothers and sisters and nieces and nephews, all playing in the snow, making snowmen and all that sort of stuff. It's fantastic. You know, I miss all that stuff. I wish I was on social media for that stuff. But I can't go on social media because I see the other stuff. And I really have, you know, over many years, um, got myself into a lovely sort of state of mind, peace of mind and all that sort of stuff, zen and all that sort of thing. And, you know, to see if you see too much dross... It kind of pollutes your mind. Now, this is a theory I developed when I was a teenager. You know, my brothers and sisters know that. Um, I've never watched violent movies, you know, and uh, um, horror movies, you know. I know that I could cope with them and all that sort of stuff, but I don't want that in my head. Yeah. 
Um, and the same goes for social media. I don't want all that in my head, you know. Um, but you do miss the good stuff as well. I call them diamonds that can be found in the cesspit. Um, but now, um, here's the thing. A lot of people put stuff in the public domain for lovely reasons. Lovely reasons, you know. I, I listened to uh, most of a chemistry course from Massachusetts Institute of Technology a while ago. Loved it. The guy on there, he didn't have any politics or anything like that, not much anyway. He's a bit into the environment and everything. It's good to have our scientists into that. Um, but um, I was thinking, wow, this guy is, you know, and I've listened to other podcasters too. I like podcasts, you know, uh, because you can be, you can pick and choose. You don't have to see the dross, you know. Um, but, uh, you know, that guy was there because he wanted to make the world a better place by, um, Putting, you know, putting his chemistry lectures in the public domain, and I was listening to him, and I'm going, "Oh my god!" Yeah, you get people like rappers and things. He's saying, "I am a genius. I am this. I am that." You know, and then I listened to this guy, who's an absolute genius at chemistry and everything else too. He was bringing in poetry, and you know, he's one of those great teachers. You know, he was bring bringing in Greek mythology and all that sort of stuff, and weaving all that in. Uh, Massachusetts, Massachusetts, MIT. Um, um, you know, and he was bringing in examples from all sorts of, you know, all walks of life. So he, he wasn't just a chemistry teacher. He knew to be a great teacher, you need to be across everything. I, I'm sure he could bring in examples from rap to illustrate some point about chemistry. But the point is, these are the geniuses, you know. And you, you, these political geniuses you hear, who are really good at human relationships and politics you know they think they they do seem to be in their own uh, what do they call it echo chamber where they think if you're good at that you're an out and out genius you know but then you listen to this other guy this applied chemist speaking and it's nothing like just dry chemistry it's um it was amazing you know it was it was almost like uh, watching the mind of god in action hear, hearing him speaking about chemistry you know it was wonderful just the way, yeah, and he was weaving all that stuff in as well, you know, Greek mythology and all that sort of stuff to, to illustrate the way that nature works. Wonderful stuff. Now, here's an example of, you know, public discourse or, you know, stuff on the public domain uh, being wonderful. You know, that's one of the diamonds in the cesspit. You can concentrate on podcasts and you pretty much get diamonds only, you know. Um... So that's another. That's an example of something that's not political. You know, I, get, I I really get sick of all the political stuff. You know, Donald Trump and all that sort of stuff. I was listening um, to two people recently, one who loves Donald Trump and one who hates him. Yeah, you know? uh, actually, a couple of people who love him. I've got one bloke I know who who wants to take him to bed. I'm sure of it. You know? um, and you know, and then I I know of other people who hate his guards and, and want to put strychnine in his tea. Yeah, so you know, and then I so that was the previous episode. I wrote a song, you know, about what those guys were saying. Had no, yeah, you know, I have no real great interest in Trump myself, but you know, I hear these other people talking, um, and you know, I create a little theory, you know, which is what this episode's about, you know, where, where I just put up something that's got nothing to do with myself and my thoughts at all.
um, and you know, and that was the previous episode, a song about something I'm just not interested in. But anyway, so we'll get to me in a minute at the end because this YouTube clip um, channel is not about me and my thoughts. Very rarely do I put my thoughts up here. On this occasion, I have. You know? Okay, so there's you know there's all these angles. There's people. So I've been through about three angles already. There's people who use social media and all that sort of stuff for poli for politics and to tell each other people what they think of them and you know and that ends up hatred most of the time as far as i can tell it's not constructive you know uh, the way social media as a platform does not allow for well considered critical thinking and you know uh, well thought out dialectic you know the platform is designed so that you say your piece bang you know, very short, sharp, with no nuance, and then someone reacts to that. You know, so there's that, there's politics. Then there's um, people who use it for genuinely lovely social reasons. Um, all my family playing in the snow yesterday, absolutely wonderful. And I, you know what was good about that too? It wasn't selfie in nature. No one was posing because it was such a rare thing. We haven't had snow for 30 years up there in Sunbury. I was there last time, 38 years. Um, I was there last time there was snow in Sunbury. And um, it's, it's almost like Christmas and, and people stop doing all the selfies and they don't you know, and they're laughing and all that sort of stuff. And, you know, it's not this, you know, showing your cleavage kind of um, selfie type thing, you know. Uh, and I, I do agree, I often do that. So, you know, I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm to blame. Uh, but, um, Anyway, so there's lovely reasons, social reasons. Then there's other reasons where people are purely in it to educate others. Um, and I, I've got a dialectic partner who enjoys doing that. And she makes podcasts which are really like that. She's like that applied chemist, except in a political way. So you can do politics in a nice way. And I've got a dialectic partner, my goddaughter, who is able to do that. She makes, but she's not doing it on social media, you see, or not where I can see it anyway. I don't know what the tone of her voice is on social media, but I've got her podcasts, and those are just her musing to herself about politics, and those are lovely. Um, she's not trying to ram, you know, not trying to react to anyone. She's just saying what she thinks. You know, she speaks about Ethiopia a lot, you know, and what what might be best for Ethiopia in the future and all that sort of stuff, you know, lovely, you know, and it's, it's not an easy topic, not an easy topic at all, you know, it's one of those countries that, you know, year after year, decade after decade, century after century, millennium after millennium seems to be in strife, you know, but still, you know, she chats about that, but not in that um, abusive way that people have, where it's personal okay so there's another thing so you've got what have I got so far you know I'm taking a long time to do this I don't care Donald Trump does that you know apparently his method of speaking is not unlike mine in a sense he's more entertaining I think um, but it's kind of rambling but there's good stuff in there apparently yeah but I, I who's got the time you know you end up um, you end up just getting Donald Trump quoted on bits and pieces of what he's saying 
in his long rambling speeches, and 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 then he yells fake news uh, because it's the ver the rambling um, brings nuance into what you're saying. There's a lot of nuance in what I'm saying here. This is like a Donald Trump's speech sort of thing. There's a lot of nuance to what I'm getting across here. Uh, this is not possible on social media, what I'm doing here. Um, but uh, the problem with um, an episode like mine, I, I get no views and I'm happy with that. And, you know, that's my aim, really. I'll talk about fairies in a minute. But Donald Trump's the same. Um, it's only his true believers that are going to sit through, surely, or his true haters who are going to sit through one of his speeches. But what happens is you have a reporter along to one of his speeches and they all they can, what can they do? Can they do a 12-page spread in the New York Times, um, capturing all the nuance in what he's saying, all the trickiness in his language and all that sort of stuff, and how he says one thing and then he says the opposite thing in the same sentence and all that sort of stuff? There's nuance in that, and there's validity in that, believe it or not. Um, but, you know, on one level he's an entertaining communicator, and he does get through to his own support base, but he's not an effective communicator like an Australian politician where you can listen to those guys and it's not convoluted or anything. You know, it's really clear. You know exactly what they're saying. The only time our politicians get convoluted and all that sort of stuff is when a journalist asks a low-blow, dirty-trick question. You know, can you guarantee there'll be no deaths from coronavirus? Can you, Prime Minister? What a stupid question. Now, now, if he says, no, I can't, they've got their headline. So what he has to do is be convoluted in his response and not give a yes or no answer. You know, of course he should be convoluted. But if you haven't got troublemaking journalists um, in, in play, then, you know, our politicians are really uh, effective communicators. Donald Trump isn't, and I'm not. You know, um, you need to have an hour spare to even slightly work out what I'm trying to say or what Donald Trump is trying to say. You need to have an hour spare.